0: I'm I'm here with Dr. Donice Warden, and once again, our go-to doc on the subject of pretty much anything from cancer to digestive ailments, which we're going to be getting into today, even to rejuvenation and uh, a new look at how to sustain kind of our, our lovely looks into our older years naturally. But today, let's talk about really essential stuff. And we've, in our last episode, we talked about um, digestive problems, gastro and, uh, and gastrointestinal issues. And today we're going to be talking about parasites and how they affect our digestion in particular and the rest of our body and functions. Welcome, Denise. Good to see you again. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Regina. Great to be here. So let's start with parasites aren't all bad guys. You know, We talked about on one of your other shows about the good bugs and the bad bugs, and we're mostly bugs. But when we get a parasite that's detrimental to our health, we need to know about it. And I think it's much more common than you would expect. I worked with one of the world's leading parasitologists for about four years, many years ago, and I probably know more about parasites than most uh, doctors out there that aren't. Parasitologist just because I studied infectious disease and parasites with him so I, I, I find it more often uh, than you would assume in people and the important and interesting piece is that you think you have to have a digestive disorder or something going on with your GI to think I might have a parasite when we did ten looked at Ten thousand known cases of parasites. The digestive disorder or problems with the uh, bowel or the stool was number five or number six. Can't remember. It was either five or six. Fatigue, you know, just not feeling right. Some skin issue. Those were the ones that were the most common symptoms when you have a parasite.
0: Well, interesting because a lot of the parasites are these are are single cell organisms. My understanding is they can even
1: get into and affect the heart and all of the organs. Well, yeah, some of the worst ones, trichinomas and others that get into the lung, we really don't have a treatment for that. And that, that's that's a terrible one. And that's from pork. I will say that the U.S. Pork Association or whatever it's called, they have gotten into um, making most of the ones that are being used for our food sources. They've about eradicated it in that, but wild boar, wild people who are out there and hunting and eating these wild animals, especially in that pig or boar uh, family, they're at risk for this.
0: What about if you're in Thailand, having a <laughs> 50 cent or $1 pork noodle bowl on the streets in Chiang Mai? Who knows? And I, I, I did will... it. I did it, and trigonosis came up in a, in a lab, uh, mm. In a lab result about five years ago, I mean, so what do you do? I mean, we all have this strange stuff of one kind or another.
1: Yeah, there are some that we have to just learn to live with. And if it causes side effects, we've got to manage those. Most of them we can get rid of. We can look at when we do a stool analysis and really identify the particular parasite or amoeba. There's different worms and you know, we have to identify what it is. Then we know, can I use an herbal that we know works with it? That's my first line. If there's not an herbal that works, I have to go to the meds. And sometimes it's a long process, but part of the process always is you have to change that gut flora because the parasites latched on because they liked your messed up garden. That's why they are staying and that's why they're there. So we have to work on getting the gut healthy while we're also getting rid of the parasites.
0: What about... um... Simple kinds of things like um, tinctures, like black, I think black walnut oil, oil is or tincture is a really popular one, isn't it, for a single cell protozoa um,
1: parasites? But it depends on which one you have. And so how people you will take. You have to find out because then you don't know if you're getting that specific one. And sometimes there's co-infections. You have one, you have others. Most of the time, when we do a stool analysis, let me let me show you an example here. If we do a comprehensive stool analysis, it's not just looking for the protozoans, the flukes, the but it's also looking for tapeworms, roundworms, different worms. But it also lets us know: do we have a yeast overgrowth? Do we have a bacterial overgrowth? What is growing in the garden because without knowing all of that you can't really fix it and that's why sometimes traditional doctors they might do a stool analysis they do one and they didn't do another one two or three days later so they missed the cycle of the egg so they miss it and even when they find it they just throw them on a drug they do not change the terrain or the environment of our gut and that just comes back or you get another one or it doesn't work So you have to know all the information to be able to help. Okay, so what would you say to someone who generally
0: is a little shy to go to doctors and they're thinking, yeah, I'm feeling a little sluggish, digestion's a little off, but not that bad. Are there certain protocols we can do in terms of changing uh, the the foods, for example, that we put in the guts uh, so that the bad bugs aren't flourishing, and then maybe taking kind of an a one-size-fits-all thing like Paratrex or something and just kind of work with it? Or do you really
1: need to find a way to get that test? Yeah, I'm not a shotgun person. Let's just do one thing and hope it gets there. I'd rather know exactly what we're dealing with and deal with it. But you could do that gunshot and see if things get better. But if it comes back that you know you didn't you know, really get to the root of the problem. Sometimes when you start working on these parasites too, though, Regina, they get angry. So they're going to kick their heels. You're going to get worse before you get better because you're threatening them. You're threatening their environment so they will lay more eggs. They will become more reproductive in response to it. So you have to kind of know what you're doing when you start fooling with these guys because they're smart, they outlive us, um, and they can stay there for a long time and they really know when to reproduce and how to protect themselves. Well, as you
0: said a little bit ago, we have to change the gut environment um, in order to get rid of them. So are there, again, not necessarily saying a one-size-fits-all shotgun approach, but are there things we can generally do to improve that environment?
1: Right. I think, uh, you know, always the probiotic, looking for leaky gut, eating healthy food, sugar uh, decreases your immune system and parasites love sugar. So we've got to decrease sugar. We've got to put in the good bugs, which is your yogurt and those kinds of things. And be aware of our water. Um, Many water sources have Giardia, um, uh, Cryptosporidium, which are ones that I see a lot of and it's coming from our water sources so making sure that you have a good water filtration system um, is important different foods where are you getting your foods um, if the fruits and vegetables are coming from South America uh, the workers defecate in the fields and you can't wash those off you can't use uh, just a regular let's wash our fruit and vegetables you almost have to lo- uh, use bleach in fact, some parasitologists recommend that. I don't, but to bleach your fruits and vegetables to make sure that they're clean. Um, looking at your animals and your pets, making sure that they are dewormed. They, some parasites do transfer from dogs and cats to humans, but it's usually from the fecal. So keeping things as clean as we can, making sure our pets are are cleaned up. And then obviously insects, you know, we've got this whole insect vector. They're they're coming from uh, different bugs, mosquitoes, from ticks, all of those. Those are considered parasites because by definition, a parasite is an organism that's living um, on a host. And we are the host. So all of those things and all of those bad diseases we've been hearing about and viruses that are contracted, all that, those are coming from what we consider parasites.
0: So it sounds like if you do handle it directly, you've got some testing done, do what's appropriate for you because like you said, if you have a yeasty body, it's going to react differently to whatever you know, you're your, uh, entering. <laughs> Into it um, and something other than something like a, like a pork noodle bowl um, <laughs> to live with that but <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Okay. That, that was may not great. be the only parasite you picked up there. And I will say that some of those parasites from overseas, um, when they do normal stool analysis here through regular uh, testing, they miss it or they don't even identify it. So I go to the stool analysis that I use, with for the world's leading parasitologist. He catches them. I don't care where you caught what, he catches it. So I really like to use him. And so it's uh, reversible. Basically, it's reversible. Once you know what it is, you can start dealing with most of it, right? Most of them. There's only really one. Well, And there are the cryptosporidium, which is from the fruits and vegetables. There's about 1% of the population that we just can't rid it. For some reason, their body won't let us kill it off. But we learn how to live with it and we work around it. But most of them we can. And I would like to put in a good word for parasites in general. They actually um, can, can be beneficial in a way. And here's what we're noticing is that they really affect human personality and our evolution. They, we have evolved into what we are because of the insults of the bad parasites and because of the good bugs. So parasite is not necessarily a bad word. We have evolved. They're still helping us evolve, but we've got to learn to play nicely with them, and we've got to learn to talk to our bugs differently, and when we have one that's pathological and causing problems, we have to kill it, but we have to be also taking care of our good bugs at the same time. Very wise, just like bacteria and other things and other strains. You have to you take know. care of the bacteria and the yeast at the same time, or we just are, the garden is off and parasites will continue to stay because they love your garden, and it's not a healthy one.
0: You're That's right. why we like it. Okay, one more practical question, uh, like in the last show, is so if someone's going to go straight pay, what is a stool analysis like that going to run them so people can start thinking and, and planning for their med- own medical care?
1: Yeah, around, you know, uh, I'm the worst to ask about uh, pricing. I usually say go ask my staff, but this one I kind of do know it's around $200. So it's it's not that expensive and, and important if we think that we've got that problem. Absolutely. Because they eat our vitamins, our minerals, they're detrimental, they cause inflammation, they cause a lot of havoc, not just in the gut, but throughout the entire whole system.
0: Okay. Any final thoughts on this? This is really useful information.
1: Well, I love the good bugs. I don't love the bad bugs, but we'll, we'll be nice and let them go play somewhere else. <laughs> okay. So until next time,
0: everybody can reach you, Dr. Donise Warden at drwarden.com.
1: Until next time, thank you for joining us here on reginameredith.com.